Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 34th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And we have been kind of MIA for the last <laughs> 10 to 12 days or so. Um, we've been uh, had some sicky six uh, <laughs> through the house here. Yeah. Um, but everyone seems to be doing better now. But yeah, we've had to kind of just... We haven't even really been able to play a whole lot of games, no. <laughs> and we certainly haven't been able to record just with how things have gone, but we are back now. I think it's been 12 days or so since we recorded last one. Last one was on the 3rd. What's today? I don't even know. Today's the 16th. 16th. This has been 13 days, yeah, almost two weeks, two weeks. which yeah. is definitely not something we're trying to do. We're trying to do roughly one a week. Um, so yeah, we'll try and make up for that. <laughs> <laughs> After, uh, I don't know, in the next few episodes, maybe do a couple in a week or something. But yeah, no, it's been been a little rough, but we are kind of good to go now. And we are going to start this episode off the same way we start every episode, or most episodes. <laughs> and that is the new to the collection segment. And um, I'll, I'll start this one off. So we got these, um, yeah, about two weeks ago. Um, and we got two. I'm going to do two games here. Oh, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. <laughs> and the first one uh, that I'm going to talk about is the, well, these are the both the two newest additions into the unmatched, mm-hmm. um, what do you want to call it? Series? Series? Set? Yeah, series. Yeah. And these are the two new Marvel ones. And one is the unmatched Marvel Hell's Kitchen. And the other is the unmatched Marvel Redemption Row. Yeah. And these have some of my favorite Marvel characters in them. Uh, the Hell's Kitchen one obviously has Daredevil, and it also has Bullseye and Elektra. And the Redemption Row has some of my absolute favorites with Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, and then Luke Cage as well. And these are going to be excellent. I can't wait to play them. Um, Unmatched is some of our favorite games, like the Jurassic Park version i think is still my favorite the raptors versus oh my gosh that one is so Muldoon. good yeah. i love that one so so good but we i also have, like beowulf and and yeah riding beowulf hood. red riding hood was good too so yeah i mean they are so all many. good yeah, they, are they are all good but they just Jurassic park just has that yeah we've played definitely played that one the most oh for sure yeah. but these ones now we have these uh, six new characters and we have Deadpool as well that we yeah. can throw into the mix of these. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just looking forward to playing these. And every character always plays so differently in these games. And I'm just excited to see how these all uh, play out, particularly Daredevil, Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. I'm very curious. I'm to see. actually very curious to see how Moon Knight's going to go after just watching that series. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Moon Knight before. Um, actually, that one, that whole box i don't know much about um ghost rider i remember when the Nicolas cage movie came yep. out um i obviously didn't read that th- those comics but i remember when that movie came out but i never saw it and so it's one that i have wanted to see um but then and i know there was a series on uh, about luke cage which i didn't watch so i don't know anything yeah. about him yeah luke cage had his own show then on netflix and yeah. ghost rider was most recently seen in um the agents of shield show which would be on i guess disney plus now um i haven't seen that yeah and he was i guess i haven't seen it but i I guess um the actor that portrayed him did a pretty good job but i i like nick cage i would love oh i do too um, i want to watch that one 
I would love to see Nick Cage go into the MCU as Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, but but I, I mean, yeah, yeah cool. I think um, I'm really curious to see how Moon Knight's going to play with Moon Knight and Mr. Yeah. Knight and how that'll flip. Well, I don't know if Mr. Knight's in here, but it, it does say... But it looks like it on the side of the box. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, it does have Mr. Knight. Yeah. Interesting. So what it what it says here on for under Moon Knight's uh, little thing on the back of the box, it says, perhaps you could hope to challenge a masked vigilante or a ruthless investigator or even an Egyptian god. Here's the thing. We're all in this together. Yeah. So it sounds like you're going to be, yeah, his personalities yeah. are all going to come into play and um, it's going to be excellent. And Ghost Rider is on his motorbike and yeah. he's got his whip. <laughs> And I think it's just going to be a fun box. Oh, I think that's going to. I think this one in particular is going to be great. That one, yeah. Although I do still ha- like hold such a soft spot for Daredevil as yeah. well. Um, and I've always liked Bullseye and Electra as well. And I just I don't again, know. I don't know much about Bullseye and Electra. I know more about Daredevil. Watched um, yeah. watching that series as well. It it's really it's going to be cool. I'm curious how these how these unfold. Like as far as mechanics go, because. Mm-hmm. The unmatched people have definitely always kind of knocked it out of the park yeah. thematically yes. as best they can with each character individually. So I don't know. I'm expecting good things out of this. And then I'm really uh, <laughs> excited to throw Deadpool yes. into the mix with these characters as well. So, yeah, no. And these ones play. Am I right in that these ones play three? Yeah, two to three yeah. players. That's right. And Because I believe all the unmatched up to this point have only been two player. I think so. Unless I'm crazy, but I think they're... Yeah. Well, that's all we've ever done. Yeah, it's anyway. all we've ever done is <laughs> but play these ones two are, player. Are, are slated for two to three. And yeah, I'm curious to play with three of them fighting at the yeah. same time. I don't know how that all works, but what it sounds awesome What if the map awesome is bigger? I'm excited. Yeah. So yeah, we got the two newest sets of Unmatched, uh, the Redemption Row and the Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen set. And we also have a new set coming. Oh. which is the newest Jurassic Park one. Right. Which yes. is Ellie versus the T-Rex. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited for that one, yeah. <laughs> See how it holds up against Muldoon and the Raptors. Yeah. I'm thinking it'll be probably it'll just be as good. It'll be just as good. Yeah. I know. Because well. the T-Rex is the first figure from the Unmatched series that takes up two spots on the board. It's crazy. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see. But that one should be arriving, I think, in a couple more months or something. But yeah. Yeah. So what else do we have? What What's new for you? So our next new to the collection is Wonderland's War, designed yeah. by, yeah, Tim Eisner and Ben Eisner and Ian Moss, uh, art by Manny Tremblay, and published by Druid City Games and Skybound Games. Yes, Wonderland's War. This yeah, one. Yeah, it's got a big Cheshire cat face on, yeah. the, on the cover and it, yeah it looks like it's um the looking glass has shattered and madness is being drained from the inhabitant inhabitants so like war is coming and it's like a drafting and bag building area control game sounds awesome yeah so you're um I think everybody like there are four factions or up to five factions and you everybody's plays a leader of a faction and you all get invited to the Mad Hatter's tea party and really? okay. yeah, and at the tea party is where all the drafting happens. So you're like drafting your like your team for the war or your oh, cool. like you're recruiting and by like eating everything and just once <laughs> once everything is I think I guess gone from the table, then um then you go to do the like the area control and stuff and you go do your battle. Mm-hmm. And then after um 
after five rounds, I think it is, you uh, there's a truce is called, right? And you go and see how you fared, but it's um, but it, it's interesting. I guess you can go all into it to fight, or you can just try to be get like um, control of borderlands and stuff, and you could potentially win that way. Interesting. And but yeah, it's neat that it's a drafting, bag building, and area control. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's neat. It's a game that I noticed. Um, Me too. And I hadn't, Obviously. I didn't um, look too much into it, and I didn't know really what to think about it just from the outside looking in. But then Scott, um, that we play with mm-hmm. here in Kelowna, he uh, said that we would love this game, and there one copy came in at Meeple's.ca. And I snagged it. Yeah. The one, the one <laughs> copy that came as a, cause they didn't get a copy on the pre-order. Yeah. Um, no. So the pre-orders came I kept in looking went, at it and I, yeah. I didn't bite <clears throat> on it. And and they had a couple uh, retail uh, copies that didn't last long at all. And then a new pre-order or a new uh, restock yeah. came in and I took the last one. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, no, I'm excited to play it. I've heard it's great. I love the idea of area control and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's neat. They've got it's not the um, typical Disney theme, like art on it. It's a little bit different, little funky art and yeah, it looks um, interesting. Yeah, I just had a neat, um, a neat kind of take on uh, on Wonderland and like coming back and fighting a war and yeah, yeah, well, it sounds great to me. So I was um, excited for that one. I, the cover, um, the box art is awesome. Like the cover is, art yeah. is very enticing. Just this big purple head with you know yeah it looks yellow really cool. teeth and eyes and it's just it really that's what know, drew me in when exactly. i first saw the the art and i was like oh it's it's themed after like wonderland and i was just like uh, i don't know like, like you know it's alice in wonderland yeah. but it doesn't totally look like alice in no, wonderland kind of looks a bit slightly creepier maybe yeah i was gonna say darker but creepier like is better a, it's yeah. a little bit the styling is different and, and i've heard really good things and then yeah scott said man you got to get this 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 is definitely right up your alley. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So. If Scott says it's up our alley, it's, it's I, up our alley. Exactly. So <laughs> made sure I bought that immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to play that one. That might be one of the next ones we play. We have a few I things. I think so. Um, kind of waiting in the wings here to play. I'm not sure if that'll be the next one or not, but it's definitely going to be one of the next, uh, probably two or three yeah. that we get to and do a review of on this show. But um, yeah, I think that's about uh it for new to the collection for the week Mm -hmm. so i think we're gonna run on over to our uh crowdfunding and pre-order section Alrighty then, here we are at our crowdfunding slash pre-order segment of the episode. And we have, I believe, two Kanitsia games yeah. to talk about here. Oddly enough. Um, so <laughs> what do you want to start with? You want to start with that one first? Sure. Okay. Okay, so the game I'm going to be talking about is uh, one that is um, on pre-order. And that's at meeples.ca. Yeah. Yep. And this one, it's Reiner Kanitsia's Soda Smugglers, a card game of fizzy contraband. And it looks like there it's one of three in the Criminal Capers collection. So it oh, looks good. like he's got a few. I like it. Um, and this is by from Bitewing Games. And this one just 
caught my eye from the color scheme. So he's got his like purple and green. And with this like green uh, pop bottle, does it have that sneaky guy on the cover? Yeah, it looks like a sneaky in his jacket or whatever. Bobcat or jaguar, like that's it. I yeah. don't know, but yeah, it's holding his jacket open like, hey, want a soda pop? Yeah. <laughs> kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> um, this game, it's uh, lawmakers are cracking down on soda, and tight regulation is made way for lucrative smuggling. So it looks like you can only have one bottle per person as per the new law. Um, so this game's going to have bribes, suitcase inspections, arrests, and um, you're trying to become the soda kingpin. And it it reminds me from just from the description, it reminds me of Sheriff of Nottingham. Right. Because yeah. you're bribing a ton. Which is and one of my favorite yes. games of all time. Yeah. And I don't know. This one, I think the main reason I wanted to talk about this one, <laughs> you're going to laugh because it has nothing to do with games okay. <laughs> whatsoever. But I don't know if you remember them. Um, but when we were younger, there were those candies, those So Delicious. Yep. That <laughs> bottle... It totally looks look totally like the So Delicious, like the so delicious candy. Yeah. And I want So Delicious now so bad. <laughs> and pretty certain they don't make them anymore. I don't think so. I but haven't seen that in ages. Dang. Uh, I just have a craving for So Delicious. But um, it does sound funny, though. But yeah, it sounds like a fun game and it, like eight plus. So they've kind of made a bribing and yeah. law breaking game for kids because yeah. it's all about pop. And it's a very family, friendly. family friendly. Um, yeah, I think it looks I think it looks great. Does it look cool? And yeah, that's from uh, Reiner Knizia. Fizzy contraband. And what is that? <laughs> um, what kind of price is that looking like on pre-order? Uh, on that one, I think it was twenty seven. So it's, yeah, like a... 27. Yeah. So about a $30 game sounds about right yeah. for a family-friendly, um, I don't know what you want yeah. to call it, but <laughs> like... Um, like, yeah, I don't know. It looks, it looks family like family-friendly game. Uh, I think kids would $30. have fun sneaking pop, right? Because yeah, that's... Right? It's a great theme that way, I think. Yeah. It Maybe sounds like, about right to me. I'm so yeah, you can find that at meeples.ca on their pre-order section. Um, the other one we're going to talk about is another game from Reiner Knizia, and this one is a game of his that came out in 1999. I did not realize how many games he has. I know. I was looking somewhere, and I think there was a list of um, the top 100 of Reiner Knizia, and I'm like, top 100? <laughs> yeah. Like, holy Like, moly. what? Yeah. guy. It's the real deal, right? So many games. Sorry, and yeah, continue. this one is currently on GameFound. And so this is a reworking, or not reworking, but a... Uh, um, Second edition or yeah, a new, new edition. edition of Raw mm-hmm. from Reiner Knizia. And it, yeah, this game came out in 1999, the original one. And the new artwork is from Ian O'Toole, which just makes it incredibly... It looks so Snazzy looking. Pretty. This is a game I have not played. Mm, no, but me either. I don't think, anyway. But I've heard about it a ton. Yeah. Everybody talks about Raw. It's like one of those staples. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's got a little blurb here. It says, uh, originally released in 1999, Raw has been played around the world for decades and considered one of the best auction games of all time. Mm -hmm. So right then and there, that makes me want this game because I love auction mechanics. Really, really, really like that. So, which surprises me that I haven't played it Mm -hmm. at this point, but... I don't know if anyone around here has it, honestly. I have no I idea. Know. 
But it also says that the iconic game designed by Reiner Knizia is back with all new beautiful artwork from Ian O'Toole. In Raw, players will span three epochs as they work to improve the culture of Egypt and the strength of the royal lineage, all while following the guidance of the gods. And it says it's a two to five player game, 30 to 60 minutes, roughly 12 and up. And it just looks great. And it it's, looks so really there's, nice. There's two versions available. It says, why back now? Well, it says that you're guaranteed to get the game. So first and foremost, <laughs> there's that. Because it sounds like, just from their little blurb here, that they are going to send games to retail, but not all retailers are going to get it. Right. And if they do get it, they don't know how many copies are going to be made. Yeah. So this is the only way to um, guarantee that you're going to get yourself a copy of this game. Also, it says that there's the deluxe option. So yeah. For those who want a premium version of the game, the deluxe edition will not be available in retail distribution. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to say, um, from what I've seen on here of the re- or the uh, deluxe, deluxe versus retail, yeah. the deluxe is off the charts as far as components go. It looks, looks so, gorgeous. so nice. Yeah. It looks really, really gorgeous. The standard edition on here is... Let me get to it. It's game found, so it won't take me long. Here it is. <laughs> and it's f- about $52 Canadian plus shipping uh, from game found. Um, and don't get me wrong. The standard edition looks really good. Um, yeah. Especially with all the new artwork and such from, you know, tool. But the deluxe edition is 103 um, Canadian plus shipping. So it's quite a bit more. Like, it, I think it's that shows pretty you much how double. much. Yeah. How yeah, much you're getting. So... Yeah, it depends what you want, right? Because mm-hmm. the it's it's roughly double, and it's, no different um, gameplay. It's all just components. It's just components, yeah. and the components are are like just crazy cool. Um, They're wooden pieces, right? Yeah. So what do we got here with the retail edition? Um, it looks like what's in the box? Uh, all they got uh, wooden, yeah, wooden meeples. That's the, the deluxe edition. Or the retail? No, this is re- yeah, what's in the box of the $40 retail uh, standard edition? Okay. Wooden meeples, wooden uh, sun discs. Um, then it looks like some cardboard tiles. Okay. Um, and yeah, it looks like so just some wooden meeples and then the rest would be cardboard. And then in the deluxe edition, it has, uh, again, wooden meeples, um, wooden sun discs. And then wooden auction tiles. All the tiles will be wooden. wooden. Yeah. Uh, looks like everything's wooden. And then also metal uh, point tablets in here rather than uh, cardboard. Cardboard. So they'd be metal. So the kind of premium yeah. um, components. So I don't know. I don't know what's worth it or not. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think that's. That's a lot of money. I think that's for a lot just, of money just to upgrade your bits. Yeah, because in the in the retail standard edition, you do get the tile bag, which is like a drawstring, yep. fancy bag, and you have the same bag in um, the deluxe edition. So that's really the big trade off is at is is switching out your uh, all your uh, action tiles to be wooden and adding the metal uh, tablet, yeah, uh, point tablet token things um so i guess something to think about yeah yeah something to think about but uh at that rate they do have this up for pre-order on meeples.ca as well for the same price 
yeah. I believe. Almost identical price, yeah. I believe, to here. And um, depending on if you live locally or not. Um, or if you, how much you're ordering. No shipping, because you yeah. can just pick it up in Penticton. Or I think their shipping might be uh, slightly less uh, than GameFound would yeah. uh, would be charging. I'm not sure about that, but I, I believe that would be the case. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's available. Meeples.ca. There's a couple copies left on the pre-order. So if you want to get yourself a retail version of this, uh, head on over there. But, um, yeah, we have got a review to do. Yeah. So we're going to head on over there right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode in which we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon review. review. And what are we reviewing this week, Anna-Marie? We are reviewing Arc Nova. Designed by Matthias Wig or Wiggy, and published by Capstone Games and Furland. There were a whole bunch of different artists with graphic design illustrations cover, so yeah, they're all fantastic. Yes, Arc Nova, <laughs> the the highly anticipated game. Yes. That- Everybody had, except for everybody in Canada, <laughs> last year. And uh, so we got this now. So it's a what 2022 is game for us. Oh, 100%. Because we got it yeah. in, technically, we got it in May, right? Yeah. We've had it for like... We got it last week, I think. Yeah, I think or, we've had it for like 10 days or so. Yeah. So, yeah, this is brand new. So this is, this is in May of 2022 that we received our pre-order of Arc Nova. And I believe we're right on, like, everybody in Canada kind of getting it at the same time. Yeah. So 100% this is a 2022 title for us. And this game, just a quick um, uh, theme uh, here is that we are simply building a zoo. Mm-hmm. That is what we're doing. You're building a zoo, supporting conservation projects. Yep. Yeah. It's all to do, yeah, with with zoo life and, and conservation. And yeah, you're physically you're building a zoo and then you're also supporting all these different causes Um and uh, yeah, that's that's what you're doing in this game. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's let's talk about how this game plays because when we have about what do we have 35 minutes or so to make this happen. So, <laughs> and I think we can do it. I, I think, think this so. one's not too bad to explain compared to uh, last week's episode, which was a little on the on the yeah. higher end. But okay, so this one uh, th- to set up this game, there's kind of three main boards. There's the main uh, board where all the <laughs> tracks are are going to be yeah. and certain card selection is going to happen and then there's the there's the sideboard which was called i don't remember what it's called the project card or project? conservation board I think. conservation uh board we'll call it that anyway yeah. and then th- <laughs> then you have your own 
personal player board. And on that player board is going to be where you are building your zoo. And the player boards, there are... It's called the association board. Uh, the association. But it should have been the conservation. Yeah, so association con- board. It's yeah. just a small board to the side yeah. um, that allows you to kind of fiddle and take a few uh, tokens from it and such. But the main uh, interaction is going to be between the main board and your own board. Yeah. And your own board, uh, it's kind of cool. There's uh, four. This game, I didn't say, but it's it plays one to four. Um, so apparently it's pretty good solo. We don't know. But we've been playing. I can imagine it would be pretty. I good imagine solo. it would be because yeah. you kind of try to beat your your own yeah. score or whatever, right? But, um, so what you're doing is you're going to select a player board, and the player boards are cool because there's they have four boards labeled as A, four boards labeled as zero, and then one through eight, and they're all yeah. double sided to to achieve this. So you can all, if you want to play everybody on the same, literally on the same page, you can all take either all the A boards or all the zero boards and you're kind of playing with the exact same setup as each other or you can play with the opposite sides which are labeled one to eight and they make all the zoos or the different uh landscapes different different, with different uh little kind of player power things associated with it yeah so they recommended when you first play this to play with either the a or the zero which we did Mm -hmm. and then from that point on to just try playing with the uh the various boards from one to eight which we've done we also did yeah so you're going to grab yourself a board and you're going to set up the main board and it's got, yeah, it's got uh, three different tracks on the main board and it's going to have your deck of animal cards or like 250 or something 200, like that. 200, I think. 210 there are so cards, I think. so many cards. There's yeah. so many and they're all unique. And you surprisingly go through quite a few. But you do. But not, not yeah. all of them. Not even half. <laughs> so you're going to have a big deck of zoo cards on there on one end and you're going to have a discard uh, pile at the other end and with the three tracks you're going to have the uh the appeal track the conservation track and the reputation track and these things um two of them circle the outside of the board and one of them kind of goes up the middle of the board right um these tracks uh, are pretty much everything in this game uh you are going to trigger the end of the game when your marker on the appeal track circles around the bend and meets up or passes your marker that's on the conservation track, which is coming at you from the other side of the board. So once they meet or cross each other, that's going to trigger the end of the game. And there's going to be a whole bunch of different end game scoring things that go on. But then there's the, um, the track up the middle, which was the reputation, reputation track. And that's just kind of giving you kind of bonuses along the way. It's nothing, uh, too crazy but it you know it's it's a big part of the game as well so you're kind of wanting to climb all three of these tracks is really what yeah you're trying it's to do. neat how they do it because they got the that reputation track houses the cards too so there are different levels of yep. cards that you can can get throughout the game and they get cycled through and discarded and, yeah yeah so it's kind of yeah, on the main player board there's going to be six six face-up cards uh, available to you uh via certain actions that you can do and how far you are up on the track exactly certain cards will be available to you exactly it changes the availability from so the further you are up on that reputation track the more cards that are available to you at any mm-hmm. kind of given time in the game so you're going to have your own player board and on that player board is going to be a landscape kind of laid out with a bunch of hexes and there's going to be like rocks and lakes and kind of dirt areas and yep. and this is kind of your template for where you're going to be building your uh zoo and then underneath your player board, you're going to have five card slots. And on those uh, so those slots are going to be five different cards. And these are going to be your everything, these five cards. They're going to be all your action 
selection for the game. There's five different cards, and they're going to be an animal card, which allows you to play animal. It's an animal card, action card, that you select, and it allows you to play animal cards out of your hand, depending on where it is on your uh, player board. There's also the build card, which allows you to build uh, buildings on, into your zoo of various sizes, depending on where it is located. So on the your buildings board. are going to be like your um, your enclosures for your animals, yeah. um, or kiosks or pavilions, yep. um, different things like that. Just different things you would see at, at zoos, like places yeah. for your animals to live and things like that. Exactly. And then there's the association card. Uh, action card which is going to allow you to perform one association task and what this is is it allows you to take one of your little uh, meeples you're going to start the game with one and then you're going to start uh, also have three of them locked away that you're going to have to unlock but you're always going to start the game with one and it's going to allow you to take that little meeple and throw it over onto that association board that we were talking AKA about. AKA conservation. Yes. <laughs> and it allows you to do several different things depending on where you are again uh, where your this card is located on your player board. Then there's also the uh, cards action card, which allows you to do a couple different things, including this action called break, which we'll talk about in a second. And then um, physically uh, taking cards from the deck um, and adding them to your hand. And then there's also the sponsors card. And this, this uh, the sponsors action card allows you to play a sponsor card out of your hand onto the table. So basically, um, as far as your cards go, you're, this, is a, this is a game where you're going to have a lot of cards in your hand. Yeah. And the vast, vast, vast majority of them are going to be either an animal or a sponsor. Right. And they are going to be played out onto the table using these action cards. So the cool thing about these action cards is how they work as a mechanic. Yeah. Because there's five slots for these action cards. All labeled one through five. Yeah. One to five, left to right. And where they are located dictates the power that that card currently has holds and on the ability that you're able to fire off of that card so if i have the cards action card in the fifth slot and i decide to use it on my turn i'm going to be able to use it as at its highest strength possible which would on its regular side because they're all double-sided <laughs> you can um, upgrade the card yep yeah, you will uh, be able to draw three cards discard one of them and or do another action that doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's basically taking one from, from that, that middle reputation yeah. track. And once you've used one of your actions on your turn, you're going to take that card from wherever it was and you're going to slide it all the way down to the end and it's now going to be in your number one slot and everything else is going to shuffle up. Yep. So whatever was in uh, slot number four is now going to be your uh, slot, slot number, number five card and whatever was number five is going to be down in number one. So that's how that really works. And that's the whole game is using these cards and you just go back and forth. There's not rounds. There's only turns and you're just going back and forth, turn after turn, whether it's in a two player game or a three player game, you're going round and around the table, um, taking turns. Yep. And all you do on your turn is select one of those five actions to do period from that's any level, all you do from, level from any level one that's through right. five. You don't have to take your level five nope. card because if it's not something you currently want to do, you can still look and use whatever else you want. Maybe you want to, uh, play your sponsor card that's currently in your slot number two, and you can use its uh, strength of two power, uh, which would allow you to play a sponsor card out of your hand with an equal number of two or less. Yeah. And they have a value as attached to them. And the sponsor cards allow you to do a whole array of things. They kind of give you some instant benefits, and then usually, some well, they always scoring. give you some sort of instant benefit. Yeah. And then they'll give you... Uh, 
so, sometimes give you some end of game scoring stuff. And then they also add, um, what are they called? Uh, stickers kind of thing. Kind of like tags, like tags, symbols. Tags. Yeah. yeah. So that's perfect. So cause tags, cause this game, um, spoiler alert has been, uh, <laughs> compared a lot to terraforming Mars. So if you played terraforming Mars, which most people I would think listening to this probably have, um, you are building kind of a tableau of your cards that you're playing onto the board. And mm-hmm. each one of those is going to have the tags on it of different things. It could be birds or, or, uh, continents that they come from. And you're going to use those to play out other cards, right? So the more, yeah. the more, um, uh, let's say herbivore tags that you have will allow you to pay for higher end herbivore. Cause like, so for instance, in front of me, I have a moose card. If I wanted to play this moose card onto the table, I would have to play a, uh, first off, I'd have to on my turn, use the animal card and that, that mm-hmm. would allow me to play me a animal card out of my hand onto my tableau. Yep. And it would uh, have to go into a level four enclosure. So I'd have to have one of those built prior yep. sitting there waiting it would also cost me $19, um, which you can discount uh, through various things. But it also costs me having to have two uh, yeah, herbivore it's Not so much tags. a cost, it's just a requirement that you yeah, need to have say, two tags. Yeah. It requires that I have at least two other herbivore tags in my tableau already. So if I don't have that, I'm not going to be able to play the moose. Um, so you kind of, that's the way this kind of works is you kind of work towards kind of herbivores help you play out more herbivores and so forth and yeah. if you play out carnivores they they or predators or whatever they're called well yeah is. they've got they've got the the predators they've got the herbivores they've got primates yeah they've got petting zoo animals and yeah so they all have their their requirements yeah usually a pen size that it has to go into that has to be available mm-hmm. and empty um a cost like dollar amount and then some sort of requirement of tags whether yeah. it's uh, animal types or continent types, because they also have those attached to them where it's like, where is this animal found? Yeah. Like North America, Africa, yeah. Australia, and the, those tags will all be available. Another thing those tags do, and you're probably getting to this later, but in that uh, association board, there is a, this, the, those conservation cards. Yes. And they'll usually say, oh, you need, you know, whoever, if you can have, you know, like four um, animals from, Africa, mm-hmm. then maybe you can um, put one of your tokens down on the conservation board and gain some some yep. points up your conservation track. Exactly. So the tags do kind of multiple yep. things. Yeah, the tags do many, many things. That's for sure. That helps you play out extra cards, like like we said, and also like what you said, it allowed you to get into get in and involved in these conservation efforts. Yeah. So you'd have to have say five African tags in your tableau to allow you to place a cube and you will use first off, use a, an association action to allow you to even access that board yes. and then place a cube onto one of the, well, there's one right here for Africa um, where you can place down. If you had uh, five, five, tags. five African tags, yeah. you could place a cube here and it would give you five up the conservation track. Right. And yeah, it's it's very very simple game that way. Um, so it's actually with the association board, there's a few other things you can do over there um, depending on where your card is. So if you had a level say five uh, association action card that you're about to use, you can access the whole board. You can access yeah. there's there's five different things for you to choose from. Um, but the the five different things you can do over there are you can um, 
or four things I should say you can do. There's technically five, but four really that you would do. One of them you need to have flipped over, yeah, upgraded you your have association be, you card. You have to upgrade your association card, yeah. Which all the cards can be upgraded and they just do, they give you access to slightly better things and make things a little bit easier for you along the way. But the truth of the matter is you're only ever really going to upgrade three or four yeah of your you cards. cannot there's no way in the game we I don't think discovered. yeah <laughs> i think i think the max and that i think that plays into the strategy of it totally. where yes. you can maximum um, upgrade four of the five cards it seems that way yes. you cannot upgrade all five so that there's going to be something that you have to choose that you're not going to upgrade yeah so but on that on that association board of the four actions you have, one is just simply placing a guy. If you had a level two, you could place uh, one of your little associates over onto this, the level two part of the board, and it brings you up two on your reputation track. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Another one is for a level three action. You can take this, uh, it's basically like a handshake. A partner. Partnership. A partnership. With um, a zoo in a different continent. So you can take, there's, and there's five little continent uh, chits on there yeah. um, that you can take. There's, well, all the continents. Yeah. So, and they're all different colors and you can take whichever one you'd like. And you'd place one of those onto your player board. And what's cool about that is that there's five continents for from to choose mm -hmm. from, but only four slots on your board to cover up. So again, you have to leave one of them out. Yeah. They don't have um, the Arctic or Antarctica. No, they don't all have the, the other five. They have the five where people, <laughs> you yeah. know, inhabit. In inhabit. With yes. for, and then I know, don't. <laughs> you know, don't at us that people live there, but, yes. you know, where where zoos are, okay? Um, the majority, yeah. And uh, you take these chits and they cover up various things on your board and they allow to give you little bonuses. They give you uh, uh, bonuses, physical bonuses. They'll give you like um, extra people or allow you upgrade cards or, and they also give you discounts to when you want to pay for an animal. So like that moose card I was talking to you about. It uh, costs uh, $19 to play it out. However, if I had the uh, European uh, tag or um, chit, I suppose. Partnership chit. Partnership. Yeah. Partnership chit <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on my board, it would allow me to do a discount of three when paying for. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's another one. Um, uh, similar to the upgrading four or five cards, you can only have four or five partnerships. So you could yep. potentially only partner with four of the five exactly. continents, which makes sense because you're probably in one of them. And yeah. so then, um, but so there will be one continent worth of cards that you will not get discounts for that you'll have to pay full yeah. value. Which is, again, you just kind of yeah. have to figure it out as you go, yeah. what makes sense for you, what doesn't. So when you're playing these cards done, or actually I should continue on, um, there's a couple more things you can do on the association board. Another one is getting these other different shits that kind of help you Universities, with, I think. Yeah, the are. universities. That's exactly right. Where you can um, basically send your people to university and it makes your people smarter. And they, <laughs> they, uh, you go much, up yeah. the uh, reputation board for being smarter and having more degrees or whatever you get research your, tags and then you also yeah you get these research tags which have a little microscope and they show that you know really what you're doing yeah you're getting you're doing a lot of research and one of them increases your hand size from three to yes, five which, which is, is imperative uh, yeah. wink wink you want that <laughs> you want that and you want that early or else yeah. you're throwing away cards because your hand size in this game is actually three yeah. until you get uh, one of the university tags that has the five on there and you want that yeah 
Throwing away cards is painful in this game. And there are only three, like one of each of the three available on per, any given turn. On any, any given turn. They yeah. um, were not there yet, but that will get reset on the break yes. action. But if somebody takes it before you in the round, you're out of luck until it gets reset. So Yes, absolutely. And then the, fi- uh, the, the fourth kind of main thing you can do on that uh, board is play down um, a cube from on your board. Uh, so on your player board, you're going to have usually about seven, six or seven cubes kind of covering these bonuses you can get. And on that action, you're allowed to take uh, a cube from that side, uncovering a bonus that you would like to choose. And you play it over onto one of the um, conservation conservation efforts. cards that are over on that on that uh, that board. And it just all it does is give you a little bonus and it kind of runs you up one of the three different tracks um, and then different yeah. bonuses that give you like you can get five dollars or you can get an extra associate or uh, some uh, multiplier things or extra yeah <clears> all <throat> those bonuses they're all instant and then you have a few of them that will also be instant but um, give you income during <laughs> the income phase as well and that action as well will also you can you take the cube and you can put it on a conservation card but you could also have a conservation card in your hand mm-hmm. that you can play out of your hand and add a cube to yep. so if you've got one you're working towards in your hand you can uh, lay it out on that action as well exactly so that's how uh, that board kind of works and then also when you're playing down animals so like into your own um tableau when you're playing animals at your hand down into your tableau and then you're you're meeting its requirements of having a pen that can hold it having the money that can pay for it and then having any requirements of tags you you play that animal into your tableau and you then get a bunch of things usually you you flip over the enclosure to show that it's yes because they're the enclosures are two-sided you typically you've got the it's there and ready to use and then you flip yeah. it over. Now you've got an animal in it and it's right. used and then you can't use it for other So animals. with that moose on my turn, I would have to play the animal um, animal card from in, in my tableau. It doesn't really matter where it, it's sitting. It's generally going to let you play at least one animal from your hand, if not two. And um, once I've got all the requirements for it, I'm going to play it down. I, I'm going to flip over the enclosure that it's now sitting in to make it uh, show that it's in use and then there's a, usually a bunch of things at the bottom of the card that you're going to get um, yes. for playing that and generally speaking the more expensive the card the more things that you're going to get from yep. it so for the moose for instance you're going to get um, kind of some uh, multi multiplier multiplier <laughs> tokens that you can throw onto a sponsor card um, and then you're able to get various other kind of little things that go with it but the main thing that you're kind of looking for is that it's you're going to get tickets yes and these tickets are the the ones that go up what's the track the appeal track the appeal track so this is showing how many people want to come to your um it's kind of like ticket stubs yeah like ticket stubs so it's just kind of simulating uh the more animals here roughly i'm going to be selling seven more tickets uh for people to come to my zoo and you're going to go up the the ticket track the appeal track yes that way i call it the ticket track yeah (laughs) but (laughs) Yeah, so you're gonna. That's how you're gonna go up on the appeal track is generally by installing uh, enclosures to host these, all these animals. Yeah, and then you're yeah you're gonna go back and forth doing these actions, picking an action, simple as this, and back and forth until the break happens. So a break will be triggered 
when, well, you take certain actions on your cards are going to make you break. Yes. It's literally like coffee break, I yes. think, is what's going on here. Because you are. The, you're taking a coffee break. There's a little break track also on the main board, and it's got a little coffee cup. You can't the, just work all the way through. <laughs> no, you right? You have to take some breaks. It's got a coffee cup. And once that coffee cup breaks all the way up to a certain point, you're going to trigger a break. And then this is where a whole bunch of kind of resetting mm-hmm. happens and your income, your income happens and so forth. You're going to discard down your hand to your hand size. You're going to get rid of any um, particular chits that... Um, like poison or multipliers. Yeah, because you can get poisoned by each other and so forth and this. And you're going to get rid of all those things. Then you're going to bring back all your associates from overseas and uh, like they're the little, yeah, the little yeah. meeples. And you're that, going to refill the, the association track so that yeah. there everybody has opportunity for the next turn. And then you're going to discard the two lowest cards on the face up tableau Reputation on, the, track. on the main board. Get rid of those and shuffle everything down and then lay out a few new cards. And then you're going to do your income. Your income is relatively easy wherever you are on the um appeal track appeal track is going to dictate how much money you get up front so if you're uh all the way up here on let's say 40 41 42 or 43 appeal you're going to get 23 dollars. yeah and then you're also going to take a look at your board and you're going to get depending on what player power you are you're probably going to get money there somewhere because they're all different um, yeah and then there's also uh the kiosks so kiosks are these little one hex sized buildings that you can place in and around your park. And as long as they're three away from each other, they're, they're legally placed. And for every building um, or attraction or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's like every building that's next to an occupied enclosure. Yes. Uh, will also give you a dollar. Yeah. So you're going to get money through various things on your board and where you are on that track and then maybe a also on things. your cards, like a lot of times on your on those sponsor cards, um, if there's a little purple hand, yeah, it's um, gonna say you're gonna have income that you're gonna gain every round. Yeah, because I think there was one where I had like um, I had like a baboon pen or something, and it's mm-hmm. like for every ape card you have or every ape uh, tag you have, you gain a dollar at, yeah. at income or something like that. Yeah, or so, how many for however many birds you have, you yeah, get you know this right? much money, and or just here simply you get three dollars for income, or yeah, so it's got you know you've got that on there. Exactly. So yeah, so you're gonna go back and forth taking actions uh, from your your uh, player board building enclosures, playing animals down, playing sponsor cards down, doing some associate actions and taking breaks. And once that break triggers, you reset everything. And that's generally it. Yeah. There's, um, there are, you, you get two end of game scoring cards at the beginning of the game. Yep. And you get to kind of play with them for a little while, seeing what you want to work towards. And um, once the first person, um, gets to the tenth spot on the conservation track. Yep. Then everybody has to decide which card they want to go with. They discard one, yes. and they go with the other. So and usually you really want both, and it's yeah. kind of a hard decision. And so if nobody gets to that tenth um spot on the track, then at the end of the game, everybody just has to pick one and yes. go with it. And one thing we should mention before we move on a little further is that there's these little X tokens mm-hmm. um, and they're a big deal in this game. So you, you gain these X tokens through various things. Um, and what they are is they, they allow you to 
uh, pump up any one action card that you're playing. So if I'm playing a level three um, animal card, I could then add two of my X tokens to that and pump it up to a, a five. Right. Is what it, it's doing. It's allowing you to do something when you're not at that spot. Yeah. With your card. So it's like, oh, I could, I really like to do a level five build, but I, my level, my, or my build card is only in the level four slot. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to play the level four slot build and I'm going to throw an X or discard an X. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's pumped up to a level five and I can do whatever yeah. it says on the card that a level five could do rather than a level four. So those are very important and they're very, very handy. So again, you want those. And you don't always have them when you need them. <laughs> nope. You, so when you can get them, get them. Yes. Because they're going to help you out. Um, so that's how it works. And then, the, yeah, once a break happens, all the reset happens and then you keep going. Yeah. And then once, like I said at the beginning, once your uh, one person's appeal track appeal track meets or or, or pa- surpasses, past yeah, your conservation track, track, that triggers the end of the game. So if yeah. I triggered that, then everyone else at the table gets one more turn. Yeah. And then you go into final scoring. Yeah. And if it if it triggered on a break, then everybody everybody gets one turn. Right. Yeah. Yes. But sure. Doesn't but, um, matter. <laughs> so if the, yeah if they meet or cross the path um that's my turn you get another turn then you go into ending end game scoring and you go through all your uh, sponsor, sponsor cards. cards and you find out because generally about half of them will probably have some sort of end game scoring saying if you had all your uh water areas connected gain x amount of usually um, usually one up the yeah go up this uh, track or go up yeah. that track so you're starting to spread your your spread further apart because the whole point of here is to try to get your uh markers to pass each other and, and go keep as go far as away far away from each other as possible yeah. so you're going to keep pumping up these tracks through all the different various uh end game scoring through your sponsorship cards through your end game scoring card which you can acquire more of them there is the potential yeah potentially can and then what you're going to do is you're going to find out where your two pawns are sitting Yes. And you're going to find that my one marker is, say, on... Um, so your appeal track is 70. where it is. Yeah. So my appeal, my appeal track, say it's on 74. And my... Uh, conservation. Conservation would be on, say... 19. 19 of the conservation. The, my difference is my score. So what you're going to do, you take your... Um, so... The conservation track, it's it's like a green section below a, a section of tickets on the appeal yes. track. And so you're going to take your token from your green conservation track. And in this one, for example, on the 19th conservation track, it, the tickets it's associated with is 67, 68, 69. Right. So you're going to move that to the lowest ticket value. The lowest of the so three. So I'd move it to 67. Yep. And then you would take your appeal token, which is at uh, 74, and subtract your other token now, which is at 67. 67. And that's going to be your score. That positive number, hopefully positive, yep. <laughs> will be your score. Yes. And then um, and then whoever has the largest score yep. wins. Because that's the way, that's the interesting thing here. It doesn't matter really how far you are on the track. It's how far apart your pawns exactly. are from each other. How, how, how far you can make them pass each other. So one person could be really high up on the appeal track and not as high on the conservation. Somebody could have like zoomed up the conservation track yeah. and not been nearly as far on the appeal. And you could have very similar scores. 
because that's that's the thing. Like you could be at say ninety appeal, and at say ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, maybe say fourteen um, conservation. conservation. That fourteenth con- conservation would end up on the ticket eighty-two, mm-hmm. judging by where it's sitting on the board. So your difference would be ninety and eighty-two. Yeah. So you'd have eight points. Yeah. Even though you were at ninety on the on yeah. the one track, right? So you'd only still have eight points. Where if I was down here and I was at say seventy seven on the appeal track and twenty one on the conservation, my conservation uh would dictate that I need to go to sixty one. Yeah. So my difference would be seventy seven to sixty one. So like sixteen. So Right. And I would yeah. win, even though I'm not nearly as far up the track as you are. Yeah, you were farther up the conservation, but not mm-hmm. as far up the ticket. So it's yeah, yeah, it's so a it's really all about it's interesting balancing those two tracks. Then there's that um, uh, reputation track, which does help you. Especially it gives you little scoring. bonuses, yeah. While but you're going um, the the meat of the game is is those two uh, tracks passing each other and trying to get them as far away from each other as possible. Yeah, well so, done. Yeah, I think we explained <laughs> this game fairly well. Um, so I guess what we can do is revisit the theme. So does this game's theme come through? I, um, I think so. Yes, I, I yeah. think it comes through really, really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like you're building a, a zoo. Yep. Um, the conservation efforts and stuff, I, I don't know. It's just kind of, it is what it is. But the actual building of the zoo, uh, the theme, I think, is uh, is strong. The conservation part of it, um, I found that I got uh, more involved with that as the more games we played. And... It really kind of depends on what cards come into your hand and if you get some, because you can yeah. find some of the ones that are already out there don't really do anything for you. But ones that might come into your hand, you're like, oh, I can build towards this one and actually get some. Because those are the ones that usually get you higher up on the um, conservation track. Yes. And so, yeah, it's they're interesting. And some of them are... It, one of them actually in particular was really cool that we came across um, thematic-wise. It was, um, you actually, if, if you succeeded, you released an animal back into the wild. Yeah. And that was neat because you would physically take a card, one of the cards out of your hand yeah, that, card that you, had, you had paid to play down and put in the zoo, but now you're releasing it back into the wild. Yep. So you're getting up your conservation, but you're losing one of your tags or whatever it is. Yeah, you're so, sacrificing those tags but you're doing it for the right reason. So I thought yeah. that was, it was that so thematically thematic, was really neat. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're literally releasing something from your hand into the wild yeah. and getting kind of conservation points for doing that, but losing the fact that you don't have that moose anymore. Yeah. It's not right. an, it's no longer an attraction. Yeah. Now it's in the so wild. Thematically. That's really cool. Yes. It worked really, really well. I agree. That is probably the most thematic thing that we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, theme. Great. Really, really good. So we can talk about the artwork. I love it. Yes. (laughs) There are so many cards. Each card is different. Each card has, um, you know, every animal card is a gorgeous picture of the animal. Yep. Um, The conservation or the the sponsor cards. Some of them have animals. Other ones just have obviously different um, workers. um, People out in the field doing conservation stuff. Researchers and things like that. Or in the wetlands. Yeah. Or whatever. Actually, conservationists actually yeah. working. And um, yeah. And then like the board is just is very simple. Like yep. the, the player boards are simple. Um, but the main 
like art or cards. The art, art is the cards. It's the cards, yes. and it's just pictures. They're photographs, and there's they're, they're just not only that because the the box. Oh, the box art is yeah is phenomenal, and it made me just want to buy it. Just by absolutely the box. It's very this calm, cool looking green fade to blue with some yeah. animals sitting on a leaf and it's just yeah it's beautiful yeah and yeah so artwork great i mean if we're gonna make a comparison here if we make one comparison to terraforming mars yeah yes these the, all the artwork in this is uh consistent, consistent. they're all photographs yes you don't have photo some photographs some cartoons yeah clip art some stuff clip was, art yeah i don't <laughs> my goodness i'll take that that's enough of that but yeah they're fun. I love them. And, and 200 and something individual cards, individual animals. I think even just for the just conservation gorgeous. aspect of it, you're getting to see all these animals and, and there'll be little tags on the cards, like, like extremely endangered. Yeah, they tell you little or, yeah, factoids, you about, know, and, yeah. and they tell you it's a Latin name for each one. So yeah. Like the scarlet macaw parrot is Ara Macau. Yeah. Right. So they kind of tell you all that stuff. Um, it's really, really cool. Um, then components. Components are great. Yeah. Um, it's simple. Very simple. Uh, you got the cubes. board is, is yeah, nothing's messy. Everything's kind of clean and tidy. It's got its own spot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not that spectacular. No. Um, but it's, it's great. It's functional. Um, and I like it. Flipping over the things can be a little fiddly, but it's yeah, but that's, in your yeah, zoo, but any, it's not a big deal. It, yeah. Like they're not, it's nothing to write home about. It's no. Yeah. Yeah, when you're yeah, when you're building your farm and flipping or your your, your zoo. zoo and flipping things over, things can kind of get knocked yeah. a little askew. But and with same thing with your your little um, cubes here and there can kind of get knocked askew, I suppose. But but it's not a huge deal overall. Yeah. No, I think components are great. Yeah. The player boards. I think the player board is the one thing I would like to upgrade for um, sure. Have like a dual layer a where dual they layer could, the cubes could sit in. Yeah, amazing. I agree. So that would get rid of all the fiddliness. Yeah, agreed. So that would be the one thing I would go with is, is improving the player boards just uh, just slightly. Make them a, yeah, a, du- a little dual layer would be, they would go a long way yeah. with this. Um, but yeah, so I guess it comes down to um, do we recommend this game? And if we do, who do we recommend it for? Absolutely. I would absolutely recommend this game. I think it's fantastic. Um, I would make note of the length yes and i would say like I'll, I'll say i haven't played this at anything higher than two player right but it's long at two player it is we've discovered it doesn't we've played several games of this mm-hmm. and i mean our first game was a crazy long learning that, game. yeah that, that one is, is what it is is what it is um but every game since then has been roughly an hour per player for us of roughly two at least at least a minimum Min- minimum like hour so two two to two and a half hours two and a half two player game for a two player game and they say so it's lengthy they say 90 to 150 minutes on the box and i don't think you would get a four player game done in 150 minutes i in two and a half hours i don't think so not at all honestly i think it would be about three and a half hours yeah um minimum we haven't done <laughs> it but uh, a few of our friends here in Kelowna have yeah. and they have told me the same they said that long. yes a uh, four-player game of this is quite lengthy, um, and I believe it because we we even you know we've got this going. We, yeah. you know, we we've been 
we've been uh, rolling pretty good with this yeah. back and forth, back and forth. And Not I don't find I found I thought I would have had AP in this game, judging by how much I had again, sorry, and like terraforming Mars, but I didn't. I found that yeah, like too much. I was not sitting there stagnant and like or nope. or pouring over what I was gonna do. It it like the the clip was pretty good. Like it was yep. pretty fluid. Um, but and and even though our games are long, they don't seem like. I'm not sitting there like, oh, we're still playing. I am super no, engaged kinda, in the game yeah, the entire time, wanting to play, wanting to go, wanting to do it. Like, that's not the issue, but that's a two-player. I feel like if we were, if it was a four-player game, it would just be very yeah, long. Yeah, not that I'm, I would be, I wouldn't be opposed to trying it. I want to try for with three for certain. And curious um, to see how that yeah, works. I'm, well, I'll, honestly, I'll try with three and four yeah. um, to see. But I'm, I'm guessing that this game for us will sit in the two player yeah uh range for the majority we might have the odd person come over to play three but i think for the most part whenever we play this it'll likely just be the two of us yeah um but that being said it's a phenomenally great two player game. it is yeah it's um, a great two player game yeah we can reserve judgment on three and four but we hear it's lengthy um but it, i mean it's lengthy at two but like she said you're engaged and it doesn't feel yeah that lengthy so um i guess that speaks uh, volumes for it that it's uh, engaging and and interesting and uh, enjoyable uh, from all aspects. I really enjoyed this yeah. game, so I agree with you. I highly do recommend this game. That uh, the, their system of of turns with the cards and the levels, and yep. once you use a card, it goes to the bottom. It's so unique it's and great. so I love it. I, I just think that that that's such a great mechanism for this game. Yep, and. It, while the other person's doing their turn, you're figuring out what am I going to do on my turn? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I, you know, like, what am I going to do next? And then it, so, yeah. 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 And, and for the people out there comparing this to Terraforming Mars, that's certainly that you can compare you them. You can. They have, um, they have some similarities, but, but they I are think very there's different not games. enough similarities for me to say that one is better or replaces the other. I think both are uh, They're good both in their cool own themes, right? right? Um, so... Do I prefer this over Terraforming Mars? I think so. I think I like this better, but I don't think this this replaces Terraforming no. Mars. I think they're different enough um, mechanically and yes. thematically that I think you should have. I think you should have both. I, think I agree. You I like them both. And Terraforming yeah. Mars in your collection, uh, but I would sl I'd give this the slight edge uh, right now. I find this um, smoother. Yeah, like that little just, bit. I just like the mechanics that are going on yeah. here. I like what's happening here. And this is a game that I e I picked up easily, which doesn't happen all that often, where I could just, this just clicked for me really well. Yep. Um, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, So me too. another home run from Capstone yeah. Games. Um, they don't seem to miss that often. But I think we're going to call that an episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we're, yeah, we know we did good here. So... Um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, on YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon. You can contact us in our email, themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And yeah, you can find our podcast on all the major podcasting sites, uh, including Apple, uh, which was a bit of a struggle for us for a little <laughs> while. But we're there. We're going to mention uh, that for a long time. We're, we're really our, proud that we got it. We are we got it figured it. out. We're closing in on our 1,000th download it hasn't happened yet but we're getting there that's exciting for it us. is exciting so <laughs> we're gonna hit it soon um but uh yeah that's it for this week and we're gonna be back sooner rather than later with yes. our next episode <laughs> and yeah we'll see you then uh 
Have a good week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.